Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Free agency begins and the Philadelphia Flyers do... Nothing, but that's not the end of the world. This is Orange and Backcheck, episode 53. Glad you're here. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Chuck Fletcher has spoken about to the media about how he approached free agency already, and we're day three or four into this thing. Trade rumors are already circulating. What are the Flyers going to do? I'm Bill Kornfeld. He's Scott Weinhart. Scott, is the offseason already in shambles for the Philadelphia Flyers? Because that's certainly how it feels after looking at Twitter. If you, if, exactly. If you go on social media, it's a complete disaster. The season's over. The team's just going to go back and just tank to be the bottom, the worst team ever. Come on everybody's been complaining for the past decade that the Flyers spent too much money. They get themselves in cap trouble. Now you have a, a, a GM, why I would like him to see a move, who says, I'm confident in what we got. I don't think we need to make any moves. It goes back to the trade deadline. Sometimes the moves you don't make are the good ones. So, hey, you know what? You really couldn't do anything in free agency to begin with, which we'll get into. The trade market hasn't opened up yet. So without all that, at the same time, I, I'm fine with Chuck Fletcher sitting on his hands. I don't have an issue with it. I don't have an issue with it, but it, it, it's concerning that he, or not he, the Flyers and the media haven't been involved in any rumors. Like around this time, you kind of, like traditionally speaking, and maybe that's what we're too focused on the tradition of what the Flyers have been a part of. Um, Normally, they're just in conversation. They're part of some negotiation. You're like uh, per, uh, Alexander Petrangelo. I, I always say his last name wrong. Pet- Petrangelo. Petrangelo. There we there go. There you go. Uh, like he's always he would have been a great fit. I feel in the Philadelphia market. I think he's exactly what they need, especially because you lost Matt Niskanen. The the loss of Matt Niskanen, I think, is what has sent shockwaves, for lack of a better term through the Flyers fandom and just the organization, because I definitely don't see how they could have seen that coming because like I have a theory on what they'll get into and what they're thinking defensively. (laughs) And I'll I'll get into that later uh, when, when I get your thoughts on just 
like I feel like it's odd that the Flyers aren't involved in anything right now. And that's obvious that like by the time this is episode is released, hell, they might have traded for Nate Schmidt, who's on the on the trade block from Vegas right now because of all their moves that they're making, thanks to being protected from the, the from the expansion draft and, and also just trying to be a team that's going pushing all in before they go into real cap hell. Am I overthinking this? I feel like I am, but at the same time, I I, I get the frustration that's going on in, in Flyers area. Fandom. I think you're overthinking it. A yeah. Really a big time overthinking it. And, and here's why. Uh, you have not seen the Flyers have to make any kind of moves. Now, the goaltending, the goaltending free agents were massive this year. There's still some out there right now. Yeah, um, you know, Corey Crawford went to Jersey, which is, I don't know. It's not really much of an upgrade over, over uh, Corey Schneider. And in, in my view, I don't think it's a massive upgrade. Mackenzie Blackwood's their guy. You see Braden Holpe go on a two year deal to Vancouver. Uh, and, you know, which I found strange because Thatcher Demko is ready to take the reins. But hey, I guess it's insurance for them. And then he, he can be exposed in the expansion draft next year. Edmonton's still working on things to get a goaltender. Jacob Markstrom signed a long term deal with Calgary. This is the first year the Flyers really haven't been involved in any kind of goalie marker when it's been this gluttonous, which is great, actually, because you're solidified and you build back to front. You're solidified. I don't think people need to freak out. Really, what they need to do is retool their bottom six. You don't know. if I don't think Derek Grant is going to be coming back. Tyler Pitlick, Pitlick side with Arizona. Um, I don't know if there's much out there right now to really upgrade, but there's some guys in houses they want to bring up. I mean, Carson Twarinski showed some promise when he came up last yep. year. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, Connor Bunneman was another guy who could play on your bottom six. They don't have the experience, but they have the wherewithal where they can kind of grind games out and, and play like a style of Tyler Pitlick. So while mm-hmm. Pitlick, you, you don't have him back, those types of players really on your bottom six are a dime a dozen. The skill guys are harder to come about. You talk about rumors. They did kick the tires on Patrick Line from everything that I've seen. It was an obvious fit to begin with. Johnny Gaudreau's got to be another one, but Calgary is looking like they're gearing up to make a run here because they're going to run into cap issues down the line with trying to sign Brady Kachuk. Um, it's not Brady Kachuk, uh, Matthew Kachuk, and yeah. some other players yeah. as well. And Johnny's locked up to a long – he's got some term left on. He's making about $6.5 million a year. The, the issue is right now is because of the flat cap. You don't want to tie yourself up for next year and the year after. Taylor Hall tonight just signed a one-year deal with Buffalo, which is a great move for him because he'll play with Jack Eichel, and really he's betting on himself to play really well. And then you have um, a couple other guys too, like Brayden Holpe, only signed a two-year deal, who are looking more short-term and their contracts are structured weird on the short term and then get bigger on the back end as they go in more as they get older, which could be a bad deal for some teams. So we've always complained, you know, about in Philadelphia about the Flyers tying up their cap space. The fact that they haven't gone out and made a bad deal yet is actually a really good thing. They're just standing pat and see what comes about on the trade market, which should be opening yep. up here in the next couple of days here. Yeah, I definitely think what the 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 thing that the Flyers were always going to go into, Chuck Fletcher particularly, was trade rather than sign a free agent because you have a yeah, it's exactly like you, you, you as you just alluded to or spoke about. You can't really tie these guys up when you're in a flat cap. The Flyers, as much as it's nice that they're getting out of these bad contracts, namely like the Prongers, like those kind of bad tra- bad contracts, they're still not in the greatest shape in 
terms of cap space. It's it's good that they're getting out of it, but it's going to take some time. And Chuck Fletcher in, and Ron Hextall really too, they both inherited a bad, bad scenario. I don't I think Flyers fans forget how bad things really got when the Paul Holmgren was the tail end of his tenure as the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. Like it was bad because he was yeah. dishing out really bad contracts. Vinny LeCavalier is the, no is movement the name. clauses, no trade yeah. clauses. You're, you're exactly. tying yourself up there and you're, and you're betting to go in all in each year. I, I think with, as unfortunately with, with Ed Snyder passing on, I still think they have the legacy of they're going to be competitive each year, but I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to sell the farm and I don't think they're in the mentality that they're going to tie themselves up for years down the line. So they're not competitive because we've seen that the past six years six, seven years is that they have not been competitive because they've had too many cap problems. Now things happen like the pronger injury. That's a freak thing. Vinny, the cavity, he didn't realize he was that done until he got here. Um, but there were signs though. Like there were, there were signs that like, this was a going to be a mistake two years in. And that's exactly what happened. Yes. But also he solidified where he could help you on your bottom six, filling out the middle. And he could also play the wing at the time, not to backtrack yeah. that far out, but at the time it made sense for a team that just needed a couple pieces and just lost J.R. Mm-hmm. Yager. So it was a fit for them at the time. With that being said, I think with the Flyers, there have been some things they've been talking about with with like Matt Dumba being a name there. Now, Matt Dumba, Chuck Fletcher is very familiar with him in his time in Minnesota. The only issue is he's got four years left at $6 million per, which is higher than Niskanen, who's going to be a free agent after this year anyway. The yep. bigger thing the Flyers are looking at is without the flat cap, they're going to have to pay a lot of money to Carter Hart, and they're going to have to pay a lot of money to Travis Sanheim. The idea looking at it as well is that – all these teams, if they're going to ask for something like a Patrick Line, they're going to want a Sandheim. They're going to want a Phil Myers. If other teams are asking for them, that means they have enough value. They're, you know, you you may not want to give that up. And nowadays, you need to build out from the back and front. Now, you always see these things floating around on Twitter, like, oh, we can trade like Scott Lawton and Shane Gossespear for Patrick Line. Well, do you think Shane Gossespear and Chad Patrick uh, and 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 uh, Shane Gossespear are going to amount for a forty goal scorer in the NHL who's only twenty two no, years it, old? There's, there's no way, right? The, the compensation for the size of his contract, what it'll be, is four first round draft picks. It also goes against what. It also goes against what Winnipeg's trying to achieve in unloading a thing a, a person like a player like Patrick Line. That completely yeah. goes against their grain because they're gonna yeah. want draft picks, they're gonna want uh young talent that they can control cheap. It's it's kind of like why the NFL to use that as an example is why you want to build exclusively through the draft because you have young cheap talent that you don't have to worry about for four or five years. Correct. Now you get to that point with Patrick Line who is clearly contributing at that level, being a young star, but at the same time, Winnipeg is in cap hell, and they don't want to pay what Line is going to cost. And yeah. now, and, and he's going to cost a lot. So, yeah. and now they have now, some term left of getting back Paul Stasny on a deal. They have to fill out the defense. The defense are missing a couple contracts there. Yeah, they could bring guys up also, but they're they're close against it now. The Paul Stasny deal may seems to me possibly they could be going for, but I do think they need to unload it for pieces because you can't you could get an offer sheet next year and then you get the compensation net anyway. But now you can right. get for line A, you could get roster ready NHL NHL ready players who are ready to just make immediate impact on the roster. But I would see the asking price because you basically have to reformat your whole team because if you're dropping 40 goals, how are you going to get that production back? So that's what it comes down to. So a guy like Taylor Hall 
as we as, as we talked about a bunch of times that he would go the Marion Hosa route and gamble himself on a one year deal, same exact contract as Marion Hosa 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's important for people to realize that th- this is this is a smart move by him because after that, Marion Hosa signed a long term deal or a lot of money with the Blackhawks and wound up winning a couple Stanley Cups out of it and was there for a long time till he got on. I believe he wound up having blood clot issues where he couldn't play anymore. Um, or some sort of injury where his health issues where he couldn't play. He had to retire. What what that does, Taylor Hall is only 28. So even if it's just one year and the cap you just haven't figured out, he can re-up another one-year deal around that $8 million again. It's a lot of money, but also shows Buffalo's commitment to Jack Eichel. But they have the space to do it. The Flyers don't have the space to do that type of move. And you look out in the free agent pool, what guys here are you going to bring in in order to make that immediate of an impact on your team without tying yourself up for the next year or the year after or having to blow something up or move a guy out that you could get more value for because you're strapped for cash or cap space. Yeah. It's not a I smart mean, business I, play anymore. It's not a smart not, play. The buyers have, have to do something where they just stand pat. Yeah, and that's where you – it's – here's my – we'll get to my official statement now as I teased – Tyler Pitlick is gone. He's gone. He's out in uh, Arizona now. And I I, I was distraught because I thought I saw a stat when he recorded a point for the Flyers this year. The team was like 13-4-1 or 12-4-1, something crazy. Like they were very a good team when he recorded a point. Now that's very arbitrary. It's like whatever. Anybody can score a point that leads to a win. However, the more I thought about it, there and Chuck Fletcher spoke on this as well, and this was like Nicholas Obey Kubel is going to be the next Tyler Pitlick. Like that is who they are trying to be, and we talk right. about and uh, and Kubel in the sense of uh, I think when he was called up back in I guess, I guess it was December January I forget Somewhere when he was called up. There. Yeah, when he was called up, we both talked about him as a as a journeyman, as, as a two-way player. You always heard about him. He's been in the Holy Flyers. For, yeah, he's been, always, he's been in the Flyers fi- system for like six or seven years now. He never really cracked the, 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 the NHL team up until this year consistently. And we were both proven pretty well. It was pretty shocking or what, pleasantly surprised how well he played when he got his ice time. He's a good player, and that is a good sign of drafting. Again, it goes to Chuck Fletcher's point where we're not going to, especially in the Flyers just in general. The Flyers are in a scenario where they have quite a few players. You talked about it. Uh, Twarinski, uh, Nicholas Obey-Kubel, all these guys, Bunneman, all these guys are trying to crack into the NHL roster and the 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 departure of players like Matt Niskanen, Tyler Pitlick, Tyler Pitlick create those opportunities. Yes, you can argue that he hasn't addressed the bottom six in terms of what he wanted because he did say flat out, I was annoyed that how badly the bottom six played in the bubble in the playoffs yeah. after right. round one. And he yeah. was completely right. I think he's betting on the farm system. He's betting on Ron Hextall's draft. And I think you should be in that scenario because as you, what you saw with Nicholas Obey Kubel, there's a lot of guys that are trying to prove their worth. Torinsky, Bonneman, Philip Myers is another guy who's in the farm system that is finally starting to really crack himself as a consistently top six defenseman. So why are we trying to convince ourselves that the lack of free agent movement is an indication that 
Chuck Fletcher is suddenly this bad GM. If if, if people want to remember, just a year ago, we lambasted him. I'm not talking about me as the whole, from what I remember. They, you we might want to roll back that comment. I did not Kevin. lambast him oh, for signing yeah, yeah. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, you did. I did I? You I did. don't remember. Absolutely it. you I did. Didn't. Why you you said right? Why are you paying that much money to Kevin Hayes? Maybe. I uh, I did. mean at the time. You totally did. You totally oh, okay. you go All back right. to I'm, our I'm, first I'm, episode, I'm you will hear up, that. You're right. I'm mixing up Kevin Hayes and, and K- Travis Connecting because I was fine with the K- Travis Connecting contract. Who and was I floated wasn't. out there? Well, yeah, and he had to be involved in a trade for Line A just to type it back. And, and that's the thing is that people say, well, I'd give up Connecting for Line A. Connecting, you're going to see that's the type of trade you're going to see here what's going to be going on. It's going to be talent for talent because teams are going to mm-hmm. be strapped with the cap. They're going to be cap dumps, but you're not going to yeah. see it so much for draft pick movement. You're going to see it more for player for player movement because that money's got to stay the same. So yeah. that's going to be the big issue of why either the and trade going to be a lot of. And there's going to be a lot of weird retention stuff. Like I think the, the most you can do is 15%, 20%, something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it's going to be a lot of th- that kind of thing to make the cap work for uh, player teams are going to say, okay, we'll pay X amount for that player's sal- remaining salary. So we can alleviate some pressure on yourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, the benefit is, is the only benefit is that the 35 plus contract doesn't guarantee throughout the length of it anymore. So if someone retires, it doesn't count against the cap. But they also have less rollbacks where if you sign a guy long-term, you can't cut a salary down more than X amount of percent. It used to be less than half. I think it's more than that now. So um, um, here it comes down to this. The Flyers didn't have to make any moves here. If something becomes available through trade, that's the route they've had to take from the beginning. You have enough guys in your system – you could put like Nolan Patrick if he's healthy back on your third line and pair him up with a Morgan Frost, and all of a sudden you have a third line that has a lot more skill than the opposing matchup for the most part. I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of ta- a lot of talent there on this team. A lot of people say the scoring's there. I don't know the scoring is there because if the scoring was there, we'd see it. Travis connecting went quiet in the playoffs. Claude Giroux went quiet. Jake played a monster series. Is that going to be for Jake though? going to be a repeat this year. Kevin Haynes played very well on both ends and how long me and he should be still sustainable, but they still need that extra piece. You can look at this as one way of saying, Oh yeah, well they're not doing anything. You know, it's, it's not excitement because let's be honest, free agency just brings excitement. Like you don't know what's going to, you could, you could wind up getting a guy like, um, like who they say, like Kevin Hayes, if you sign a big deal where he's really productive, or you can find a guy where you gamble on him and get a Dale Weiss, which is absolute trash here after he yep. played pretty well in Montreal. So it comes down to this. You never know for the most part. You could get, you know, like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe if you go back 20 years ago, well, well, we're not going to sign Curtis Joseph because he wants a four-year deal. John Van Beesbrook only wants a two-year deal. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> Curtis Joseph beat John Van Beesbrook in the playoffs. Just make right. an example like that. So sometimes not even making any moves is the best way to go. There's been off seasons where the Flyers really haven't made any kind of major moves or any big moves and have had just fine the year to year. I, I think it's important for the, for people to understand is that this team has been restocked and rebuilt to where they have enough where they can compete. It's just going to be important that every player stays well. They probably you have, have to find the right system. Yeah, and you got to make you got to see that the guys that you're expecting to be in those bottom six or top six roles that they're actually going to contribute in that role because you're expecting because if you're banking on this youth movement, which I'm all for, I'm all for it. 
but it's also, as we've discussed time and time again, especially with the goalie like Carter Hart, who's an exception right now, it seems, to what we usually expect out of these jumps. When you jump from the AHL, the QHL, the, the, the CHL, whatever it may be, and you're going into the NHL, it's a drastic change from yeah. speed to physicality to just in general how the game plays. Especially it's if faster. you're, it's faster. Especially if you're dealing with it, even even with when you go from the different of 200 feet to what I, I forget if the Olympic rink is wider, wider. or longer. Wider. So that's that is a huge difference. It may not. It may se- seem silly to the average hockey fan how much of a drastic difference a wider hockey rink is in the Olympic style compared to the NHL style. But that creates creates different bounces it creates different flows it creates different passing attempts it's a very different movement and change so i'm all for what chuck fletcher is banking on however when you have players like that are getting older claude Giroux, jake voracek um a jvr that you really like the best question i can think of is is are the Flyers banking on once Claude Giroux comes off the books, that's when they'll be ready to go? Like, cause then I think I feel, I mean, it's, it's life's unfair. Get a helmet. Like that's I've, I've said that time and time again, but it would absolutely suck if you get that feeling that we're just going to go through this, no movement of the Philadelphia Flyers. And they're just going to bank through the hope that the youth can get a something going here and put them on a run in the twilight era of Claude Giroux's career. Cause I think that, cause as I've said, if Claude Giroux never it only makes it to one cup appearance, it's the biggest waste of his career of a Philadelphia flyer in recent memory, possibly in the entire franchise's career. Fair. And that's why I think you have to look at this where, okay, if they're Cause, looking, cause if you get Patrick Line, post Giroux because Giroux's contracts up in two years. Yeah, so, that's I mean, what I mean. Like, are they punting on the next two years? Do you think that's no. the question? Punting? Okay. No. Why would they punt? They got, but they because the I'm second, saying they, second, because game seven the second of the second round, they I have plenty that, of juice in the tank. What I'm saying is, if you're banking on the youth just as much as the, uh, if you're banking on the the youth of your farm system to make up the lack of the bottom six that you had rather than address something in free agency with a big name or make a move like Patrick line is still out there. I get it. Like they they could trade for him by the end of next week and we have a podcast on it. But what I'm saying is in the current state, it feels like the banking on the youth movement to make up the lack of production that your bottom six had last year is a huge risk to take for over the next two years before Claude Giroux is out of a contract. I disagree. I don't think you're going to find anything out there that'd be more than already better what you have. It's not so much the names, it's the fit. Where was mm-hmm. Taylor Hall going to fit true. on this team? Where was Taylor well, Hall? Uh, it, 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 he's better off with Jack Eichel because he's more of a puck distributor. You already have hmm. enough of that in Jake. He doesn't have a shoot-first mentality, which is why they drafted Tyson Forster in the first round because he has a shoot-first mentality. Now, I'm just going to say as a side note, um, we don't talk about the draft in this show for a whole lot of reasons because, frankly, you never know what's going to happen to these guys. And for the most part, with all due respect, you really don't care. Besides, yeah, you're going to trade for other prospects. The guy yeah, that the bingo. Flyers traded in the in the 23rd pick, the right winger. I don't even remember his damn name. He could be Tyson traded. Forster. He could be Tyson traded Forster. for the next press uh, for another prospect that they bingo. think is. So, it, so it's just like it's just like uh, the NBA has a, it for the most part when you're doing stash and dash or right. draft and dash. Uh, you don't really see, you see it in baseball, especially like it's, it's one of those things. Like you find the prospect and you hope that you can trade talent for talent on that level. 
listen, it 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 really comes down to this. When when you look at it as a whole, they don't need to spend a big money to go for it because they think they have enough in house and are waiting to make the big move. When they'll make the when they need to make the big move, they will. They're coming up where the Flyers are in cap trouble because they have Kevin Hayes, they mm-hmm. have Claude Giroux, they have JVR, and they have Jake Voracek, all making over $7 million for four players. You want to add in line A, that's five. So you have to dump a lot of money off to get that. As much as Patrick Line would be a great addition to this team, you have to think at the same time it may just not be a fit financially at the moment because you're not going to be able to dump anybody off. Shane Gosses Bears got some term of $4.5 million, but where do you find that extra money that comes from? From the Niskanen deal? No, because you need that money to find some money on the back end if you're going to bring a guy like Matt Dumbit in because then you got him tied up for six years and another guy locked up with that. So – with with a with a guy, especially like JVR, you you, J, you have you have enough there to enough guy enough skill there enough money tied up where you probably should expect more production out of the out of guys like him. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I saw this stat because there's obviously Twitter is full of hot takes in terms or, or supporters on both sides oh, of the yeah. aisle. That's what's great. Yeah. But here's here's a stat that stood out to me that actually is. A, we're, it's all about goal scoring. The Flyers need goal scoring for this offseason. That's what we talked about time and time again to get to this team to the next level. Not necessarily a – it'd be nice to have Patrick Line, but you just need contributing goal scoring because you can't just continuously – you need bottom six goal scoring. That's what it comes down to. In the last four years, Taylor Hall versus JVR, who do you think leads in goal scoring? Probably JVR leads in goal scoring. 116, oh, I'm sorry, 111 to 86. So it goes to your point. JVR has that skill set and he's, it should be able to contribute on some sort of level, which I enjoy. I'm not, again, I'm not against it, but I have a small red flag on how much Chuck Fletcher is banking on his current roster rather than making a slight move to get this team back up where it should be in the in terms of bottom six, yes, you can talk about Patrick Line all you want, but that's not a bottom six guy. That's a top six guy. That's a top six guy. Obviously, okay. he's a top so, one. Let's talk about this a little bit. If you want to go down that line, let's talk about that. JVR. The reason why he hasn't produced on this contract so far is because he's been injured. He yeah, got injured at the beginning of not this past season, the one before, and he came back and it took him about 10, 15 games to really get going. And then he started taking off and scoring and scoring and scoring and started playing his game in front of the net. Classic power forward. Last year, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, which he does. Started picking up points and then got hurt, and then got back and never really. And then we had, when we hit the, um, he got hurt right before the the shutdown, and then getting back in with the bubble, he's just not a type of guy where he's just going to pick it up right away. It's never been his style, never will be. Even when he scored thirty goals in Toronto a couple of years back, it just it's just not his game. It takes him a while to get into it. He's better when there's muck and gruck times of the season where you need to grind games out because he plays a classic power forward style, just get in front of the net. And yep. that's all you need to do. Yep. Let's talk about also, if you're going to bring up that point, is that you have guys like Alex, um, not Alex, uh, uh, Oscar Lindblom, who's going to be healthy this year, knock on wood, and yeah. hopefully he stays in remission, that he's going to come back and be full strength. He was the team leading scorer for a while there, Tyba Konechny, until he started True. falling off before they got before yep. the diagnosis. So that's And he's a great left that. winger. The Flyers have been searching yes. for a left winger for 
decades, it feels like. Right. And they finally got one in Oscar Lindblom. And they finally worked with it. It took them a long time to come up and stay up because of his skating. It took them a while to come over that, which is like Tyson yep. Forster. That was the knock on him when they, when the, the, their first or their first round draft pick. But he plays a very similar style to Line A, not to jump off target. But he plays a very similar style where he's got a cannon of a shot. And I saw watch tape on him and seeing that he's getting that blast off the circle like Line A and like Ovech can do. So you probably don't need to bring in a guy like Line A because that, because you might wait a year or two or hell. Like he there it's not out of the norm for guys to come in and all of a sudden just impress enough in there. Yeah, you, 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 like you, you, yeah. you have Morgan Frost. You have Nolan Patrick probably coming back healthy. So you don't I need mean, to go cool. out and get that because that could be your third line right there. Faraby, Frost, and Nolan Patrick, that'd be a great third line. You know, I think that actually you brought up – unintentionally, you brought up a great thing that I think the NHL should look into. I can't remember if it's three games or ten games that the NHL contra entry their entry-level contract ten. kicks in. The cup of coffee, yeah, ten. They ten need games. to extend that for this year. As long, Like, I no, would – Never happen. No, I would because, one – not to, I, we'll talk, I get that, but here's the thing. We're in a totally different world right now, right? Because we'll get into the COVID stuff a little bit later. But okay. if the COVID stuff is going to be a major factor, especially if the NHL is going to try and do this by city by city, like the NFL and the M M Major League Baseball did, they need to look into this in some capacity. Maybe – uh, you, you just try and work this thing out because it'd be nice to give these players that we're unsure of or haven't heard from yet a little bit more than a cup of coffee. Give them six games. Give them seven games, whatever it may be. And then on emergencies, you can bring them back up if a player contracts COVID like we're seeing in New England with uh, with Cam Newton, who's being benched. But you, And then you can bring up players to replace them. I think an opportunity is there for the NHLPA and the NHL to work itself out in that sense. No, am I saying okay. they have to? No, because I think you can still get a good gauge of a player after three games, four games. Mm. Uh, like a deep, I shouldn't say a good gauge because it's not. It's three games out of an 82-game season. But it's nice to see them in the NHL for three games to see what they do. I think really, like no matter who it is, just give them, the, give them that chance. Even if they have three minutes of ice time, I want to see them have that chance, especially in a COVID year. I get your point with that. I just think that that would be a logistical light nightmare with that because then think of it too as like okay, like well, a, a player can play up twenty games in his first year contract doesn't count, so you get you get they get the teams get an extra year of their rights, and the players lose out on that. I don't know if that's going to work something out with that. I see your point. I don't disagree with you. I just don't think the PA well, and look, the NHL everyone, ever come back we're, we're, we're in a, When it comes to the NFL, the NL, Major League Baseball, the NBA players unions, the NHL players unions, there has to be a compromise. I'm all for unions, especially the MLB in, in the and or excuse me, in professional sports in general because of its billionaires versus millionaires and the billionaires completely own the product and how this is distributed. However, this is we're in such a weird time right now. I don't want to call it the new normal because I would like to go back to what we were pre-March of this year of 2020. However, in the current state, you have to be able to put everything on the table. The MLB players union, the NHL players unions, they all had to make some sort of compromise. They literally sent they put themselves away from their friends and family for year for uh, for over 100 days. And like over a hundred days, and they made that compromise. It's a tough discussion. I'm not saying it's easy that we can have just in over one day, just say, hey, 
by the way, when you're drafted, we're going to be, you're going to, your owning team, your team that drafted you is going to have your rights for an extra year if they play you for X amount of games. I get that's a tough discussion. It's going to be very hard to navigate through. I'm just saying you need to have that discussion at this point right now. That's all. Fair. Fair. All right. I have nothing. I have no rebuttal to that because you know what? I, I agree with you that. I think I, that'd be yeah. one more thing the NHL could do as a step in the right direction of, you know, something that while well, this whole thing is going on. Yeah. And it's not like I guarantee it's not like I'm going to be pounding this issue for the our entire off season of podcast. That's silly. Like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, Okay, fine. I think it's a mistake at the end of it, but if the NHL and the MLM, uh, excuse me, the NHLPA don't want to play ball, fine. There, there's plenty of stuff that they're going to have to worry about that we'll get into and just go from there. Listen, the NHL has taken a bunch of our ideas already and not given us any credit for them. They've taken a ton of our ideas that we've talked about and have done it this way. So you know what, NHL, if you're listening, which you are, because you always listen, because that's what you do, because you've taken our ideas. Don't give us credit. You really have, but you know, you, I, they, they'll probably go to the NHL. The only idea say, they never they took was the only idea they never took was the two playoff idea that we had for the bad teams and the good and the play. Well, that would have been a cool concept, but well, they, they kind of did idea. a little bit. There a little bit, but that, there was I mean, the that's bottom the six York, teams that didn't get in. Yeah, that's how, the New York, that's how the goddamn New York Rangers got the first pick and and all that stuff. Listen, by the way, do you want thirty seconds to de- describe your Twitter rant about how you'd never thought uh, the top pick was going to Ale- Alexi God. Lafreniere? Lafreniere, there we go. Yes. I knew it was some. I knew it was Al. You want to take thirty seconds to explain to our audience why Alex Lafreniere is not going to be the pick for that everyone thinks he's going to be? Yeah, I mean, he's going to make Capo Caco look good because he's a goal scorer. But Lafreniere can't skate. Like he can't skate. Like it's a first overall pick. You should be able to be lightning on your skates. And the guy looks like he's skating through mud. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't have great hockey sense. That doesn't mean he's not going to be an average center. But he can't skate. And people say, "Well, he'll work on it. He'll get better." Okay. You realize that if you're starting a season with a first round, the guy doesn't really develop. He develops as he plays the game in the league. He doesn't have extra time in juniors, extra time in the AHL, where you can spend more time practicing and working on those smaller fundamentals because you're you you, you won't have that luxury, especially in a condensed season. So I yeah. don't see Lafreniere being a massive impact player like then like. You know, the next, oh, he's a number one draft pick. He's in New York. He's going to be, I don't think he's going to be the next star of the NHL. I don't even think he's going to be close to Crosby or, or McDavid's level. I don't even think he's going to be more of a Nathan McKinnon. I think he's actually going to be more wow. along the lines of a John Tavares. Like, okay. Nico Heischer. Uh, he sure hasn't really done enough yet to really say, okay, he would deserve first overall pick. I mean, look, that, 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 that draft is trash anyway with top two. Nico Heischer hasn't done much. Nola Patrick can't stay healthy. So, yeah, that's um, true. Look, I I don't I think he'll be uh, Jack Hughes really didn't do much last year either, and he was a top overall pick. So again, it takes a couple of years for these guys to get into it. But I just think from a skate from a standpoint of Jack Hughes is a much better skater, and I clearly see between him and Lafreniere. And I look, even the Rangers were aware of it because as I was listening to the draft coverage. I wasn't home watching. I was driving around. I listened to draft coverage, and the Rangers even said, "Like, well, what do you think about you know the the knock on your skating?" And they said he gave him like a smirk, like, "Yeah, okay, I'll overcome that." Like, but if you're not that great of a skater to begin with, you need to skate to be able to play the game. So if he can't yeah. skate, 
then he'll make some pretty passes and pretty plays. But over the course of a season and over the course of going through and grinding games out, if your skating isn't there and you don't have the puck, you are nothing. So yeah, yeah. it's like route running. If you if you're a wide yep. receiver in the NFL and you can't route run the route correctly or play, run good routes, you're not going to get the ball and you're not going to be able to get open like you should be. It's it's exactly that. Um, but yeah, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Let's get into this uh, episode round two of the husband round table. You discovered something on my Twitter account. That's been a Twitter account at radio bill 1210. Uh, that's been up there for the better part of a year now. Um, and you know, it caused major controversy when it happened. Uh, and I'm glad we're bringing this up because it still happens. This one particular incident was not the sole moment that this has happened. She literally does this all the time. I buy chocolate chip muffins from my local grocery store. They're very good. I enjoy them when I can. I almost buy them every week. It's probably bad for my health, but I just went to the doctor and I got the clean bill. So I guess I'm going to keep going with it until they say ah, something. Clean bill. I see what you did there. Ah, you got it. <laughs> she, you remember the episode of Seinfeld? If you listen to this podcast, you will obviously remember our bracket of uh, Seinfeld versus Curb. I don't think we had this episode in there for Seinfeld where they took off the top of the muffin and they tried to give the bottoms to the homeless shelter. My wife takes that to the 10th degree. I will wake up in the morning. The top muffin will be gone. Top of the muffin will be gone. And the bottom will just be there sitting there staring me in the face like I am a nobody. And I tell her time and time again to just eat the damn muffin and you know what she says to me, Scott? What does she say to you? I don't want the empty calories. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this the most sacrilegious I get it. thing I I've get ever it. heard in my entire I, life. I get it. You want to watch your figure. You don't want empty calories. But the top of the muffin is the, the worst top part. Of the muffin. It's yes. the worst part I for know, you Scott, of the muffin. I know. Like, if, so. And it's not even the, like, okay, like. Like, okay, I'm not even going to go to my wife because my wife never did this, but my mom used to do this. When, when stuff crust pizza first came out, I'd go in the morning. I'm a big cold pizza person in the breakfast. I yeah. always love yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. think the best thing ever. And if you don't like that, you're there's something wrong with you. Uh, yeah. But I'd go out the next morning when I was a kid to go get a slice of cold pizza and eat the cold stuffed crust, and the crust would be gone. It would just be oh, the pizza part without oh, the crust. No, and it's no, like, can't, what can't the hell? Like, you cannot. Listen, if you're going to eat something and it's not like a sandwich type figure, if you're not going to eat the whole damn sandwich, you cut the sandwich in half. If you're not going to eat the whole damn muffin, you cut the muffin in half, not from the top to the bottom. You do it vertically because that's exactly what you do. I don't understand why. Why do you just eat the top? It's like licking the icing off a cupcake. Yep. Like you yeah. don't do it. You just it's it's wrong. It's sacrilegious. It's 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 it's, it's I can't, I can't even I can't even go. I'm I'm, I'm mad now, at your wife right now. I'm mad at your wife. Now I, this the, the tweet you saw was on Dece- uh, excuse me, September 6th of 2019 last year. Like I said, a little over a year ago. Did you see the follow-up tweet I have on that? It's not you have to click on the tweet no, it's not I pinned. don't have my phone on me either. 13 days later, she ate the side of the muffin and just left it there. <sighs> you know, I, I think we need to talk to your like, I consider divorce. your wife. Like, no, I no. consider divorce. Like, I, look, I was I like, blame you. 
I like it's one of those things where you 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 figure out your differences with one another. You you accept them. You love them yeah. for what, who they are yeah. and what they are. But there's a line. Eating Bill. just the top of the muffin is there's borderline divorce. Yeah, that's like, a line. It needs to be addressed. It, 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 no, you, that's not something you go into <laughs> saying like you know like as you're giving your vows like you know, like uh, forever hold your peace. Like okay, someone in her family should have stepped up and said, "Hey, she eats the tops off of muffins," and then be yeah, like, right? "Whoa." We that would have been nice right to know. Here. Yeah, would have like, been nice to know. Exactly. Because, like, my wife and I, we were dating for five years when we got engaged. Around six years, it was six years, a uh, little, little more than six years when we got married. It's like, come on, come on, you can't yeah. be doing this crap. I tell you, I tell you, what, I tell you what drives me nuts. Okay, so I have kids, and my wife drives the kids around. Okay, so what drives me nuts, Bill, is the fact that you know you give them a snack in the car and you mm-hmm. stuff. You stuff the wrappers into the cup holders. Well, when uh, I yeah, need to yeah. place my drink somewhere when I'm driving yep. the vehicle and I need to put it in said cup holder, it's not trash receptacle or snack container. It's a friggin' cup holder. So <laughs> I do that too. I, I I have to admit, I do the trash in the cup holder. And it it, everyone's a cup holder. But I'm a good but I'm usually pretty good at remembering that it's there and I'll take it out and I'll throw it away. Listen, but listen. the problem is when I do forget when you put that con uh, the, the 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 soaked uh, condensation dripped cup of soda onto that trash uh, in the cup holder, it's one of the top five worst feelings that you can have in life. Yes, it's terrible. yes. So, and, and, here, and here's you know you're, you're you're a Philly guy, so what you can do is you can you can keep your car trash the Philly style, as I as I always call it. You go to Wawa, you have a bag, you take your items out of the bag, and then you put your trash there from your Wawa purchase. It's supposed to be oh, yeah, Wawa, yeah, yeah. and you put it in it. your Wawa bag. And then when next time you go to Wawa, you throw that bag away at Wawa. So that's that's what you do. People get Wawa bags, throw their trash in it, and throw them back away at Wawa. I, that, that's the most Philly thing ever, if you ask me. So they're, they're, it's it not that difficult. One. So when I say, like, why are there stuff in here? Well, I had to get the boys. I couldn't get them out of the car and do that and that. I'm like, you, you can't leave them buckled in for another 30 seconds while when you park the car, the trash cans are right next to the car. I'm not asking you to go run a marathon to the trash cans. I'm asking yep. you to take the damn trash and put it in the trash receptacle where it belongs. Yeah. This is the most dad conversation I could ever have <laughs> without having you're not, you're not there, though. You're doing that with dog poop. You're not, you're not doing yeah. that with actual diapers yeah. yet. This asshole. Where is he? Oh, he's not here tonight. <laughs> Okay. He decided not to hang out with us tonight because uh, we're finally right. like, it's just one of those, like, whatever. I have no time for my <laughs> list of <laughs> with Mowgli that involved actual crap. It's the truth. Well, I mean, listen, I change diapers. That's what I do. So, yeah, and then it's, it's easy true. for one, the older one, because you can talk to them and have, you know, make it fun. The little one doesn't listen at all. So the of little course. one, as you're trying to wipe, you know, wipe, you know, a, a, a dingleberry hanging off his butt, he's trying to run away and you're trying to take it back here. I got to wipe it before you smear it all over where you're going, trying to go. So, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't need to worry about that right now. So, you know, yeah. On that note, yeah. I think that's a good spot to wrap. <laughs> this is a good, a fun episode. It, the, it, the, it, the moral of the story is the flyers are fine. Everything will work itself out. Like, and your wife will one day learn how to properly eat a muffin. No, she won't. Let's. Okay. Let, that's too much. Crap. Maybe I'm being too optimistic here. You're being way too optimistic. <laughs> I've been married with this woman for two years. 
I found out about the muffin thing a year ago. Oh boy! So, I'll just start stopped. of those little secrets. Does not stop. No. Does not stop. So <laughs> it's not going to. It's it's a lost cause, Scott. It's a lost yeah. cause. If you hey, if you are listening to this podcast and you have had this similar instance happen to you and have figured out the solution, let me know. Shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. I think that will really sell. That will save us because yeah, someone's like, got to have advice. It's one of those things these. where it's one of those things where I need to address it, but it's been over a year now and she continues to do it. So it's like, it's obviously not getting through to her. So it's a lost cause in my, at the current you know, state we're in. We're at a stalemate. Hide the muffins. I could do that. Could hide but. The I guess I could do that, but then I'm I, I'm grabbing that muffin. Keep in mind at three thirty in the morning, so I can't go on this scavenger hunt for finding the muffin. No, just I mean, put it in a place where you know you're going to remember it is. There's and she's not many. There's not many spots that that Find she a spot. doesn't. Eh, we'll we'll see. Listen, I guess always, that, I guess there's that one the, private place a man can go in the house to retrieve items. So yeah, yeah and that's the storage that room right now in my house. That's <laughs> the problem. The storage room. Just remember, so. as you're going to change the thermostat in the morning, make sure that right. That that's day. right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a hundred percent right. Bingo, wow. bingo. All right. Well, if you do, if you legitimately have a solution to the, my problem, please shoot us an email. Shoot me an email. Orange and backcheck at gmail.com. Orange and backcheck at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. Also, you can always follow us on Twitter, Orange and Backcheck, at Orange and Backcheck. Also on Facebook, Orange and Backcheck. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Again, it's not the end of the world that we're in day four or five, whatever it is. Again, I don't know days anymore. What year is it? Oh, yeah, it's 2020. This this sucks. It's not the end of the world that they haven't made a move yet. They'll make their proper moves. It's not going to be uh, shiny and bright. It's going to be lackluster and not shiny, but it's going to be contributors. We thank you for listening. Orange and Backcheck, episode 53, Shane Gossespierre's episode. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. How do you knock off dingleberries with a dingbat? God, I hate you.